We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Good afternoon. That's right. It's inside the clubhouse. Boy, this is the latest nine o'clock has ever felt for me, Bruce Levine. It's nice to be here in the afternoon instead of the morning. Not saying anything about how you are in the morning. It's just nice to be here this close to the ball game, isn't it? That, that was a shot. <laughs> it's great to be here. We're at uh, Shy Sox Bar and Grill at the ballpark with the White Sox and Cubs series coming up. It's a great day to be out here, uh, obviously. Uh, we are with you normally, as Matt said, between 9 and 11 every Saturday, but here for a special time from 2 to 5.45. Great guests set up for you. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. The food is great here. The servers are outstanding. The drinks and the libations, terrific. And by the way, it's brought to you by Wintrust, presenting sponsor of Wintrust Crosstown Series. And also, Matt. Yes, sir. Max and Benny's in Northbrook. The finest food on the North Shore, the best deli, no doubt, the best bakery without question, the place for parties or business meetings, you bet. For, for 10 to 150 people, catering is king, as for John at Max and Benny's. Full dinners with all the trimmings from 4 to 9 p.m. Every day feature chicken, skirt steak, and the freshest fish in the city, Max and Benny's corned beef and pastrami sandwiches that fill you twice, 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border, Love you some Max and Benny's where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. I have no idea how the Kreplach are here at Shy Sox Bar and Grill, but I know they're not That's as good as, as Try as, the matzo ball soup. I, I will. But, man, it is nice to be here, Bruce, isn't it? It's a, you and I obviously have known folks along, who are with the White Sox for a long, long time. The station has had a good relationship with the White Sox for a long, long time. It is very nice to be here. And we appreciate their welcome to be this close to the ballpark and this close to the action. And we're going to talk a ton of White Sox and Cubs today. Absolutely. And to reach us, 312 644, um, I'm sorry, 644 um, 67, 67 or text at 6711. Uh, caught up in the excitement here, Matt. I understand. Being out here. But it's, uh, it's truly great. And we're all interactive here for you. And, uh, so are the Chicago Cubs very interactive Woo! right now? This is an interesting moment right here for the Cubs, uh, where Theo Epstein's irritation has been made public and thrown around to every news source imaginable over the last few days. It originated right here on our station with McNeil and Parkins. We'll play a little bit in a second, just for context. And then Joe Madden goes out and gets kicked out uh, of the game the other day. 
Uh, he had a legitimate beef, but still he found a moment to show some fire, and Wilson Contreras appreciated and used exactly that word. And so all the kinds of the rumors that are flying around right now about, um, about Joe Madden and his life expectancy as manager is, uh, is pretty much the, the biggest story for either team as we stand right now. So, Matt, do you feel that it is a media-driven story as far as uh, whether or not his job is hanging or is it uh, just the fact that Theo has called everyone out once again, including um, manager himself and Jed Hoyer and the players, that this is not acceptable. We will do what we can do. Joe must do what he has to do. Mm-hmm. And the players have to play better ball. If not, uh, you know, heads are going to roll one way or the other. I think that the portion of Theo that will play in a little bit will back up my answer, which is that, no, this is very real, that it's, it's very real. And I, I look, it's the final year of his deal. And I have um, j- just me personally, Bruce, I- I've been under the impression that this was going to be Joe Madden's final year um, for a while over the last couple of years. And I've said it on the air and on different shows that I, I did not think he was going to sign another contract. Even before Theo said it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But before before he became a lame duck, I said it a, a couple of years ago. Um, it's just just the sense that I I was getting that Joe was gonna Joe's has been great is is great, but I think they're ready for for the next thing. Um, and now here we are in the final year, and look what they did in the off season in terms of handing him coaches that he did not really have the veto power over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there were other hires that he didn't really have a say in, and they're a little closer. I mean, all the excuses, all the things that you can do before you fire the manager have been done already. They've all been done already. Where, where do you sense a weakness in Joe's uh, game? Well, that's a different question, right? I, I'm just talking no, about... No, no, you said two years ago that you sensed that it was going to be Joe's time to leave. So at, at what point did you sense that, there was, that he was in disfavor or that there's some weakness in his game? I, I think more than anything, it's just that, that managers' uh, effects, all managers, often wane the longer they go. Just the longer they go, their effectiveness can wane if they don't have another gear, shall we say. And that other gear of, you know what, now I'm pissed, and I'm going to do this instead, or I'm going to go to this direction. I don't know that we've had to see it from Joe, but I don't think we have seen it from Joe in terms of that other gear to like, okay, we got to get this together. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. Shaking it up. Joe's, Joe's constant ability to stay focused, stay stable, stay positive, stay Joe, Mm -hmm. I think um, limits the possibilities as a leader. Okay. So you feel, at what point did you feel like, you know, you sense that someone else might be better at this role? I'm not, I'm not sure that I have got. I haven't said that. That I oh, think somebody else would okay. be better. You sense that they felt that way. Yes. Okay. I sense that they felt that way. Okay. I to got be clear, it. I got. Does that it. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, well let, let's hear Theo because I want to. I want to get your thoughts on. The, and this will, I think, speak to your very question. This is uh, Theo Epstein in talking about the problems with the team. And there's a question from Danny Parkins right in the middle about. Um, uh, about Joe, and you'll hear Theo deflect a little. This is Theo from the afternoon with McNeil and Parkins. Well, I don't, I don't think sitting on our hands is uh, really a, a, a really viable option because if we're, you know, we're, you know, we want to be in a position to to have enough belief that that we're looking to to you know aggressively add and, and sort of polish up 
what we feel can be a championship team. If we're not, that means that, um, you know, this stretch of bad play has continued. And if the stretch of bad play continues, then, then certainly a ton of change for teams is, uh, a, a ton of changes in order because it's, it'll have been a long, long stretch of unacceptable play. And then, you know, also this, I'm sure your fans are sitting there listening to this saying, well, what about the change to spur us to play better? And that, that's certainly on the table too. And, and, and we're looking at those types of deals too. You just, so it sounds like anything and everything is on the table. And I'll be honest, I'm, inter- I'm interested in the fact that you said maybe change for change sake in terms of culture because that maybe suggests that it might not just be the roster that needs changing. No, I didn't. Well, I did not say change for change's sake as far as the culture. I those are your words, not mine. But I think, you know, with, with, with the environment, like if, you, if, if we just keep doing the same thing over and over again, this, if this is truly how you know, this group of human beings is going to, you know, all of us collectively are going to sort of interact and produce and it's not good enough, then yes, then, then we have to consider change for change's sake. I, I think. I think you know, teams to, to to improve and to sort of like add depth and get a better lineup out there and and, and is is the best kind of change. But yeah, we're we're definitely underachieving right now, right? I, That's uh, that's one of two different times in the interview where Theo kind of deflected a Danny question and made it and tried to clarify. There's another one, Bruce, that um that I was thinking of actually, which was. And Danny asks about, like, well, is Joe Madden safe? And Theo says, I think, which I think you remember, he says, well, I'd rather just talk about the collective. Rather than just talk about Joe, let's just talk about everybody. And, and that's kind of where I was going and wanting to say to you, I think it is real. I think it is real because there's a deflection and there's an inability, a lack of, of, of there's an opportunity there to give him a vote of confidence, which hasn't happened. Well, my, my premise uh, right now, Matt, is that... Um this is the time that Epstein and Hoyer might want to decide whether to keep Joe or, ex- or give him an extension, mm-hmm. not in between. I think in between we all talked about we're there right now. We talked about it in the offseason. Yes. We talked about it in spring training. Joe deflected it because of the fact that uh, he didn't see any problem, that uh, you know, the Cubs were going to win, they were going to you know, not necessarily walk away with the division, but they were going to be on top. They still are, but it's not satisfactory to anybody that they're only three, four, or five games over 500. So they're a middle-of-the-pack team. The Dodgers and the Braves are clearly better teams than anyone else right now. There's another eight teams that are pretty even, and Cubs are in that mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not good enough, it appears right now, for uh, Cub Nation and the Cub hierarchy. And uh, the, the next gear is being looked for from Epstein and Hoyer. Yeah, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right that it's an awkward, rare, and unfair place to have a manager exist in, 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 this, in this moment. And that's why we were all surprised to see them go into this final year like that. But Joe has such a calm personality and embraced the moment and right. embraced his role in this space. And then you pointed out very succinctly that out of character the other day, yeah, he gets thrown out of a game. Not that he hasn't been thrown out, but just the vibe of him losing it totally and going as strong as he did and showing so much passion. Uh, this is something that people pay attention to when things get tense out there. Not that people didn't appreciate it, but it was out of character. Yeah, and, 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 and the thing is, if it was scripted, it was done beautifully. 
but I don't think that it was scripted because the pirates were throwing up and in like right. crazy right. over and over and over again. They even hit David Bodie later in the game. So it, I, I think it was a wonderful opportunity that presented itself to Joe, yeah. and he took made the most of I've it. I've never seen Joe go after another manager, okay? That's the first time he ever attempted to go over to another dugout. Is Clint Hurdle somebody that uh, people in this league have, uh, have rifts with historically? I think, he, I think he's a very strong manager. He's a very solid manager. He's an in-your-face guy, and uh, he's not going to back down from the type of baseball him and his team want to play. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there is a chippiness. Joe, Joe is a chippy guy. When he's pushed... He pushes back harder. Absolutely. I remember the Cardinals. Cardinals, We don't start stuff, but we finish stuff. Absolutely. This reminded me of that because that was completely legit. And you saw saw the red ass. Um, And and there it was from Joe. And I I think it was completely warranted. It's it's just – it's interesting because it it mattered. It mattered to guys like Contreras. It mattered to guys like Bryant. And I remember when Pinella was here – and he wasn't sort of being like the old fiery Lou. And then one day he was all of a sudden. He picked up a base and he threw it and he got ejected. I remember thinking he's just kind of doing that because he feels like he should right. be doing that. I didn't get that impression this time. Although, Joe, you know, uh, he is being called on to do more. Yes, he is. So uh, out of character might be character now for him. I think that's well said because yeah. he has done more. He was called on to do more this year and he has been more hands-on with, right. the, with the hitters right. and more but in their face. It comes back... Matt, all the way to the players, okay? Are the players on the Chicago Cubs, as constituted right now, Mm -hmm. good enough to be the winner in that division and go deeper into the playoffs? So that question transcends where we're at with Joe, goes back to Epstein and Hoyer, who are working hard to try to add a top-of-the-order hitter, a guy that can run a little bit, maybe play a couple positions, a left-handed pitcher, and do everything they can within the framework of the 210 to $15 million payroll that they can. Now, nobody can say they don't want to win by adding Craig Kimbrell to the mix as their closer here uh, as it came up here a couple weeks ago. I mean, that, that states everything you want to know about them. Mm-hmm. As to whether they have more money uh, that's allowed to them and being able to add that way or they're going to have to trade dollar for dollar uh, that is a presumption moving down the line here. I think we're looking at a long enough stretch, Bruce, when you think about the 14 and 13 finish to last year. That includes the wild card. Then the 2 and 7 start this year. Then you had a good 45 games where they went 29 and 16. Since that stretch, they're 17 and 26. Or, sorry, 15 and 19. 15 and 19. Right. So anyway, we're 19, talking about a long... on the road, you're, you're pretty close to yeah, the number. But we're talking about a long enough stretch here. I think... And why I say second gear is that the, the stable, consistent mindfulness has not been enough lately. It's not been enough. So at some point, you want some guys pissed off. You right. want some angry, edgy guys as you're trying to do this, somebody to scream in their faces. And I, I don't know who's going to do that in that clubhouse. Do you think this team is a 95-win team as set up right now? <sighs> Boy, you know. I, it doesn't I, have to be 95 this year. No, it, it doesn't. It could be 92 to win that uh, division. I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it is because they're counting on and getting so much production from the four stalwarts of Contreras, Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, that beyond that, I mean, you get a, a Hayward gets hot every once in a while. You catch a little lightning with Robo Garcia. But, I mean, it's like Schwarber will give you some ambush home runs. But there's just there's a lot of 
There's a lot of spots in that offense where it's just not happening. So do you count on them getting better without additions in the second half? It's, it's, hard, it's, hard, for me, it's hard for me to imagine because right. I don't see Daniel Descalso being the Zobris type in terms of the, the quality of bats that they thought. Maybe Zobris will come back. That's the other thing yeah. Theo said, yep. that he yep. thinks both Zobris and Brandon Morrow will play um, for the Cubs at this point this year. Let's go to the phone line, squeeze in one phone line before a phone call before we take a break. And we have all kinds of cool guests coming up on the show we gotta tell people about. But first, this is Terry in St. Charles. You're on inside the clubhouse with Bruce and Matt. How are you, Terry? Hey guys, I'm doing great. Hey, I enjoy uh, I enjoy the show. Always uh I've listened to Bruce for years. Um, you know, you're talking about what happened in Pittsburgh and uh Joe coming out and uh and kinda of letting uh Hurdle have it. And if you remember the, uh, the press conference after the game, uh, Madden kind of referred to, uh, they asked him about playing Pittsburgh after the break, and he kind of made the remark that uh, he'll, he'll, they'll be ready for it. And I know, Matt, how you feel about, um, let's call it retaliation for lack of a better term, but I'll tell you something, a lot of the baseball players disagree with you and they feel that that's the way to go, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's more to it this coming week. Terry, thanks for the call. Yeah, I, I, and you're referring to the way that I talked about the Strope and Puig thing um, last Sunday. But, yeah, Joe said, cannot wait, cannot wait. So uh, thanks for the call, Terry. Appreciate it. Um, I, I, I don't know that if there will be retaliation, but I bet there will be some, some throwing in. There will be some brushing back from yeah. pitchers to those hitters. 312-644-6767. Text 67011. Lots of guests. Sox, Cubs, everything Chicago baseball here on Inside the Clubhouse. We'll be back with James McCann. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Four. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse. We are live from the Shy Sox Bar and Grill here on 670 The Score. Brought to you by Wintrust, presenting sponsor of the Wintrust Crosstown Series. I had a chance to introduce myself to this guy in the locker room the other day. He's quite a, quite a catcher. James McCann, the Chicago White Sox All-Star catcher, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, uh, James. I think it's, well, I'm used to saying morning, but it's actually the afternoon. I'm, I'm a little mixed up today. Welcome, congrats, and uh, thanks for taking some time out today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. As, as far as uh, what's going on with you right now, there, there's so many moving parts for being the catcher and kind of the leader on the field on, an, on a daily basis. But when you take the field now with, Jan, with Lucas Giolito, what is the feeling like, not, a, not only with you and your locker, but everybody else in the, in the clubhouse right now? Well, the, just what he, what he brings, um, you know, it's that, that ace mentality. You know, every time he steps on the mound, he's going to give us a chance to win. And, uh, you know, you've got that, that extra confidence because of, uh, of what he does bring to the table. And, um, you know, you, you look forward to, to days when, uh, when Lucas takes him out. James, uh, the way that you and Lucas have worked together has been discussed a lot. And it's really, really cool. The, the game planning that you do, the relationship that you have. Have other starting pitchers 
um, noticed and tried to kind of duplicate uh, the way that you guys go about things? Uh, to a certain degree, yeah. Um, you know, Lucas uh, Lucas has his own routine that uh, that everyone you know knows about, and 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 I say you know respects. It works for him, but uh, the stuff that he does doesn't always uh, translate into other people's games. So I definitely say that, that other starters have have watched what he does, and uh, you know take little bits and pieces, and then uh, you know just working with me and 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 that trust factor. Um, you know that that's the big thing is the the relationship that, that Gio and I built from day one. Uh, you know, back all the way back in spring training, just uh, you know, developing the 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 trust and and you know the the friendship, which has led to to success on the field thus far. You know, if anybody doesn't know what what James McCann does, is he gets all the info that the White Sox give him, and it's it's plenty, and then he gets his own info and his own stuff, and works on his own scouting reports, and it's you know the stuff of legend in this town already, James, uh, on the plane and stuff like that. When did you start taking control of your own game planning the way that you do now? When did this start for you? You know, it was probably a year two, year two, two plus um, back in Detroit. Uh, I had uh, Brad Osmus as a manager, and he sat me down and uh, showed me how he used to game plan, how he used to sit down, you know, catching for 18 years in the big leagues. He um, obviously, you know, developed a, a pretty good routine uh, for himself, and uh, he he told me just that. He said, "This is how I did it. You know, do it this way for for a little while, and and then make adjustments to how you like it." And um, that's exactly what I did. You know, so the the format of of the the numbers that I that I use and everything is stuff that uh, I helped uh, you know kind of develop over there in Detroit. And um, you know, it, it's it's a little bit different than uh, than what other people may look at, but uh, it's you know one of those things where. It's like in a, cra- a crazy Excel sheet, and my eyes know where to, where to go. Um, you know, you look at it, and it, it may look like foreign language, but my eyes know exactly where to go, and it's uh, it's kind of become a habit. And um, you know, so now I, I'm able to, to teach you know guys like Geo how to look at stuff like that, and, and then you know young catchers. And I've been working with uh, with Collins on on how he can uh, you know take some stuff from me and, and create his own way of, of game planning. James McCann uh, joining us on the score from on inside the clubhouse, uh, live from the Shy Sox Bar and Grill near the ballpark right across the street. Come on by and check us out. It's great food, great drink, and a great time. Hey, uh, James, uh, when you talk to uh, when you when you we talk about Ronaldo Lopez right now, uh, where where is he, where is his game at? What is uh, different about his game from last year? You know, honestly, you, it's easy for anyone to look at at numbers and say he's he hasn't had the the same type of year that he did last year. Um, but from a, a standpoint of of what I saw as an opponent to what I'm seeing now, it, it's really just commanding the baseball. Um, you know, his velocity hasn't dipped, his stuff hasn't gone anywhere. It's just a matter of of getting ahead and then making pitches, and 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 that's something that that Giolito has done so well this year. As compared to last year, you know, last year he would, uh, you know, his walks were a lot higher. His, um, you know, contact, he, he was, he threw more balls over the middle of the plate. Whereas now he's, he's executing his pitches, uh, you know, night in and night out, and that's, that's really the difference that I've seen in, in Lopi. Um, so that's why I think it's, for, for me, it's something that we're going to see him, uh, you know, have a bounce back second half, and, uh, and, and make those adjustments. The other day, James, when we were talking before Dylan Cease Day, um, before Dylan pitched, you mentioned that maybe that night in the second game of the doubleheader, you were going to get a chance to sit next to Dylan in the dugout and show him some of that spreadsheet stuff that you were discussing. I, I believe that that's what you were referencing. Did did that happen? Did you get a chance to sit with Dylan for a little while during the second game? 
You know, we, we haven't gone over, uh, like, scouting report stuff yet. We're, we're going to hold off or let him kind of get his feet wet a little bit longer. Um, but uh, we, we talked and we discussed, uh, you know, the usage of his changeup. You know, he hadn't used his changeup that much uh, down in the minor leagues as, as much as he did, uh, you know, the other day um, against Detroit. And, and you saw how it became a big pitch for him throughout the course of that game. So that, that's the kind of little things that – uh, that we discussed was, you know, why did I, why did I start throwing, making him throw his changeup more versus, you know, other pitches, and um, that's something that uh, over the course of his career, as he as he matures, he's going to pick up on and uh, and be able to, you know, to shake at times and, and say, okay, I need to start throwing this pitch more, or I don't need to throw this pitch, whatever it may be. Um, so that's the kind of the kind of info that that I wanted to talk to him about was uh, just why I why what I saw and why I did what I did as far as game calling, um, and then as he. As he starts to, to bounce around and, and, and know the league a little bit, uh, that's when we'll sit down and look at some numbers and, and, and kind of teach him the, the game planning element of it. James McCann joining us for a few more minutes on Inside the Clubhouse. James, uh, when you're thinking about the All-Star game now, and I know you don't uh, do much besides concentrate on your games right now, but when you have a, an idle moment at home before you head out to the ballpark, what are you most looking forward to going to your first All-Star game? You know, um, I, I definitely say that this is the time with my family. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it was a childhood dream to play in the big leagues. Uh, it's an even bigger dream to, to be an all-star in the big leagues. Um, but one of the things that I remember uh, so fondly watching as a kid was was all the big leaguers on, on the field for the home run derby with their, their kids and um, just that that time as a family, uh, you know, being able to enjoy enjoy the game. You know, we don't we don't necessarily get to do that uh, in season in regular season with you know having kids down on on the field watching batting practice, watching stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to, to bringing my boys on the field and and letting them run around and letting them uh, you know take some pictures with with all stars and uh, you know not that they'll remember it, but but one day you know let them look at pictures and see the the, the future Hall of Famers they were uh, they were hanging out with for for a couple of days. Yeah, how awesome. That's, that's pretty cool. I, I, do you feel like you belong in that group, James? Because you do. You, you deserve to be there. Do, do you feel like that, or do you think you might need some of those moments you're talking about in order to really fully take it in? You know, it's, uh, it's definitely surreal. Um, you know, I feel like uh, the, the way that I've performed, I definitely, I definitely do belong there. Um, and, and to be honest with you, a lot of the guys that will be there, I, I'm, I'm close with, I'm friends with, uh, you know, several guys that I've played with in my career. Uh, so I, I, I look forward to just be a, another day hanging out with, with the guys. James, uh, thanks a million for doing this. Matt and I appreciate it. We're rooting for you uh, to have a great all-star game and a lot of fun there. It's well-deserved. And it's, it's not only great for you and White Sox fans, it's, it's a great baseball story. So continued good luck, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you during the weekend, okay? All right. I really appreciate it. Y'all take care. All right, thanks. James McCann is Chicago White Sox, your all-star catcher. It's about as impressive um, a, a guy that I've talked to in terms of baseball uh, all year. I, I mean, just and one of the more impressive ones in the last few years, really, just to hear how he thinks about it and his willingness to step into a bit of a void and be a leader, you know, and, and not, he doesn't do it in like an annoying way or an arrogant way, but he really just wants to share some of the knowledge that he's gotten from guys like Brad Osmus and others. The White Sox have control over his contact, uh, contract for next year. He's arbitration eligible after signing as a free agent. So uh, one more year, 
maybe a year after that, depending on the development of Collins and Zavala. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, to me, it, it, it's a guy that you sign long-term uh, at, at, at some point in there. And because the offensive improvement is is tremendous, but even if that offense wasn't there, I just what he brings to the game planning and for those pitchers is remarkable. Yeah, me. they have a lot of time to worry about it right now, don't they? <laughs> they do. Hey, we're, we're, we got a great show planned. Continued on here. We're going to talk to Ozzie Gian next. AJ Przinsky, Ron Coomer, Brooks Boyer. Report from David Schuster on the field for both the Cubs and the White Sox. It's full-service radio, full-service baseball talk here. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. From the Northwestern Football, uh, join Coach Fitz and the 17th-ranked Cats this, this fall at Ryan Field. Matchups include Ohio State, Michigan State, and Iowa. Single-game tickets on sale now at nusports.com. Thank you to Wintrust for having us here, the presenting sponsor of the Wintrust Crossdown Series. It is inside the clubhouse, live from the Shy Sox Bar and Grill on 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We are getting ready for rounds three and four of the Wintrust Crosstown Series. And we at 670 The Score are here live at the Shy Sox Bar and Grill, uh, brought to you by Wintrust. That's the presenting sponsor of the Wintrust Crosstown Series. I'm Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine. It is inside the clubhouse. Cubs, Sox in a couple hours. Lucas Giolito and John Lester should be fun. We are so pleased to have the uh, former manager of the Chicago White Sox and now... One of the uh, best uh, pre- and post-game people in the business, Ozzy Gian, joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. More, af- good afternoon, Oz. Hey, guys. What's going on? You, you tell us, okay? Uh, you've, uh, you've seen the scene before, White Sox, Cubs, uh, the energy going both ways. What do you see for, uh, for the Chicago White Sox right now? Do you see all the arrows pointed up? Well, I think it's, it's, everything is positive. You know, I mean, I think everybody's very enthusiastic. Everybody have a lot of faith. I think right now the players are. They even have a couple guys that not in the lineup. Uh, you know, what I mean, a lot of people was impressed by the 500. And so do I. Um, I really like the way they are right now. Uh, but in, me, in the meanwhile, you know, 500. I'm very high maintenance guy. Have 500 is a it's a good season, but it not be good enough. I think they they they, they, they should be better than that. Now they bring a couple kids uh, from the minor league. Hopefully they can help them. And you can see the difference between one team to another. You know, you can see the, the expectation when the season starts. Uh-huh. You know, both teams almost got what? They got 42 losses. You know, nobody thought they were going to have that, that kind of year so far. But they only have a game now. They're still in the hunt. And, and I, I think people panicking. And the other side, so south side, everybody's excited because they play almost 500 games. And that, that's, that's good for them. For the White Sox, and uh, I think the future is little is bright. Hopefully, those guys make the future bright. Come out and walk the way they should. Be playing the game. Ozzy, uh, Lucas Giolito going tonight. When you know, as a ball club and as a manager, that you've you've got a guy who is basically an ace and an emerging ace at that. What what does that do for the team, for the manager, to know that this guy is just going to go out? 
and be lights out just about every single time. Well, you talk about look, look at Jolito right now. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, I mean, it's a very relaxed. I think the bullpen, the, that's the one I, I, I worry the most. How we gonna use it? I'm gonna be a little bit more relaxed uh, today's day. Uh, this kid got a great stuff. I keep saying last few years, you know, I mean, like, this kid got great stuff. He cannot find the plate. He gotta, he gotta be on it. But in the way we change his mechanic, a lot of people is optimistic. Every time he's on the mound. It's, it's two ways to add it. People like, oh, oh, we're going to see Jolito today. They watched it last year. Or we're going to continue to see that Jolito is uh, the way he performed this year. I think the way is, I think it's confidence. I think he knows he can pitch. I think he knows how good he can be. And this guy, all the good things happening for him this year, they're going to create a better pitcher, not only for this year, uh, also for the future. We are live at the Shy Sox Bar and Grill in uh, Bridgeport. Come on out. Check us out here. Uh, the ball game, uh, just a couple hours, but it's lively here. Great food, great libations, great people here. And uh, also brought to you by Wintrust Crosstown Series. Uh, Ozzy, when you, uh, when you look at the home run celebrations, some of the flair from guys in their home runs and how they get involved right now. When you see guys like Anderson or you see guys like Contreras hit a home run and get the team going, but also kind of alienate the other side, how do you look at it as a baseball person, as a former manager, as a, a player who had a lot of passion himself? Well, in the 1980s, we're going to take that with us. We, we're going to heal this guy. We're going to hit that guy. Uh, in 2005, 2008, a little bit uh, almost the same Old school uh, pitchers that had to protect the game, had to uh, had to have integrity and the respect for the game. But nowadays, it's like like okay, this is a part of the game, and you don't know how to handle it. Some people handle it the wrong way, some people handle it the right way. I, I don't like it. To be honest with you, I don't like it. I can, uh, can play. Have to respect not just the pitcher, just give out the home run. He had to respect the game, respect the others. But in the meanwhile, hey, listen, that's what people want to see. You know I me. Mean? I see. I see a lot of walk off home run. I see a lot of in my life. I see King Griffey Jr. hit home run. Just throw the bat down, start running the bases. Uh, I think in the past, uh, wow, who coming in? You know what I mean? Ricky Henderson is the one to me. Uh, Reggie Jackson hit home run. They enjoy running the bases, but they never throw the bat. They never point people, and and that's why I grew up with the old school. Now to be in broadcasting, be the old, uh, the new school. Baseball change. Sometimes people people like that. People people love that. Then one thing I don't like when kids seeing that. You know, the son you watch a little league game. Kids doing other stuff. And uh, but meanwhile, everybody has their own, <laughs> own style. Own style. I uh, I respect that. Uh, but but uh, you know I me. Mean, if I go back to manage again, I gotta be used to uh, what I see on the field and take my old school right. mentality out, out of the way. But uh, what? What would, like what would Nolan Ryan do? He will hit him. Uh, it's, it's, uh, by the way, it's in my time, we hit him. We hit him every bat, every bat. So we got to come up and, and take care of business. That's the way I, I grew up playing. That's the way I grew up watching the game. But now, how the game changed, people more. You know, some, some people are just hypocrites. Some people they are emotional. Oh, why do you do this? Why do that? Well, we like that. You know, some people got different opinions. And you know, I mean, you have to respect your opinion. The long, the other managers don't worry about it. That, that you know, I mean, to me, that's fine. But you know, when you get hit, 
it's for a reason. I, I, I hate that too when when the guy strike out the guy, all the some they're making a big deal on the mound. There's so many crazy things happening on the field right now. You have to respect, but coming from old school, you check in, you head like, what's going on here? Sometimes I just laugh. Uh, Ozzy, the other day, with everything swirling around, Joe Madden, you know, Theo Epstein talking about it, and people wondering if Joe's job is safe. Would you look at that? He, he found something to be upset about, and he went out there, and he was furious, and he got ejected. And I didn't think he was faking it or like it was scripted or anything like that. Uh, it just was a nice opportunity for him to show some fire, and I, I think it's, his team appreciated it. Did you ever script one? Did you ever say, you know what, today would be a good day for me to go out and light some umpire up and get and get my whole team pissed off, let him see me angry? Did you ever do that on purpose? No, no, not really. People thought, people thought, you know, I did it a few times. I, I rather, I got, I got rather wake the team up personal than go out to the umpire. You know, what I mean, I think, I think managing without, you know, all, uh, baseball team while managing, it's kind of hard to do it. But you know, what I mean, uh, I think you know this guy can hit few times that's i think that's what i got upset and i don't think it was because i want to wake those guys up uh i don't think they need that because they i think they got a good enough talent they don't play the, uh, up to the caliber they should be playing uh you seen the thing it was flat i've seen a couple of days three or four days i don't know the team flat or no because i'm not in the clubhouse i'm not in the dugout but from tv from fan expectations seem like that uh, it, it seems like some, everything will run for the ball club. Everything will run for the ball club. But I'm not saying Joe did it on purpose. He did it because he got to protect his, his play. He got upset. Uh, the funny thing about it, I watched the replay. You know, I watched that, that, that thing. I'm going to see it. The funny thing about it, when I see Contreras pounding in the, in, the, in the behind, like, okay, thank you. Good job. Like, what are you doing? But uh, I, don't think, I don't think Joe did it, to, you know, did it to wake the team up. I think he did it because he had to protect himself. Uh, I'm sorry, you got to protect his ball club. And he, he, he did it because I think it was right to go out there because a few of these players is getting hit. You know, you, you were never afraid to, 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 you know, rip into your team or light up your team, tell them what they were doing wrong, tell them what they had to do better. You don't think that's what this Cubs team needs? It sounds like, like somebody to be angry at them? Because I, I think a lot of fans think that that's what they need, is somebody to yell at them and kind of wake them up. It sounds like you don't think that's what they need. Well, they play for the same guy for so many years. I don't think Joe's going to change from one day to one day to another just because he lose a couple of games. You know, we, we we have been spoiled by the cost players. We have been spoiled in the city because they 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 almost they're independent right for the last few years. But not really. I think you know, I mean, everything star. You know, I mean, the beginning of the season, they know what to sign back. They know what to do. They got to wait till the season's over. They know what to get involved with. This thing, and that's why people start talking like, "Oh, we need change. We need change." There's one thing about it, you know. What I mean, I, I think those guys know how to play for for that for for him. Uh, if you look at the team, if you look at the ball club, that ball club should be in the pennant race, should be competing in the playoffs, competing in the World Series. Look at the names. Look at what they have. They need a second base because Russell not played the way he should be. He should be playing. They need a center fielder because Amorlos not played the way he played. He was not producing a little bit, you know, be more consistent. Uh, Resource not doing it. You know what I mean? But you look in the lineup. You gotta face the cops. If you're in an opposition team, you better bring your stuff together because they have good talent. And to me, talent helps to win games, but when you play with the two set, you play with the hungry, you play with a little cackiness, you play like we're gonna kill you guys and that's how you make the ball clubs. And uh, hopefully they got two more months 
to put it together and uh, I don't think I don't see they play horrible and look at what they are they are they are they are what they are and even they play horrible they don't pitch well and they they're in good position to to turn over and, and start over and in my, if Joe win five games in a row Joe would be like wow what a genius oh Joe we love Joe Joe is the best thing ever happened to Chicago anything Joe was better than Mike Dick you know what I mean that's the way we are in Chicago you know what I mean all of a sudden Joe looked up again. Why are we doing this? Why are you doing that? Why is he the guy that Joe be the same guys and he got here to right now with the players, with the media, uh, with the, I guess with the front office. What we see from outside, and I don't, I don't think, I think Joe do what he always do. That's different. Obviously, the strikeouts are down, but what do you see about the player and and his game overall? That's different. Who's that? Yon Mankata. It's, it's more aggressive at the plate. He's got more confidence. And finally, he's playing the big league. But, you know, we look at like, Mankata like, wow, this guy is supposed to be the next player. But yeah, we don't give him enough time. We was myself included, could have signed him. We don't have enough, you know, bats in the big league. He, he come out now, he's starting to be a better player. I think changes position. Is I've been great for him. Uh, I worry about it, but to me, it's more aggressive at the play. Not take that many pitches with two strikes, and he's ready to swing no matter what the count is. And I think that's the difference between Mukara in the past and Mukara uh, this year. Uh, he's more, you know, he's always go there ready to swing before he's just taking pitch, looking at the perfect pitch, you know, and things don't work out for him. But right now we see a guy with a lot of confidence. He know every time he goes to the play, uh, something can happen. And uh, we love to see what he should be doing the, a little while ago, but we gotta wait. Those guys take a little time; one take a little, uh, longer than another. I think this kid's ready to be a pretty good, pretty good ball player for 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 a little while. Matt and I appreciate your time, Ozzy. Uh, who wins tonight, Lester versus our man Lucas Giolito on the south side? Wow, well, you know me. Obviously, I'm a White Sox fan. Everybody, I know, I cannot deny anything about it because everybody, <laughs> everybody knows in Chicago. And a suck fan, but uh, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think it's time to Mr. Lester. I would say great stuff about Lester. Uh, I, I love the way he plays. I love he's a tremendous professional. Uh, a lot of people look up to his club. I think he's going to turn around and hopefully can not pitch good today, but hopefully can pitch good for the rest of the season. But you know what I mean. I, I'm a White Sox fan, and and then I got a room for my boys. And you know what I mean. Sometimes I, I don't like the way they play, but I, I, I got a room for my people. Ozzy, we appreciate it very much. Thanks. We'll see you out hey, at the ballpark. Hey, by the way, you're going yeah. to be there tomorrow, tomorrow to a first pitch ceremony. Believe it. First pitch? <laughs> yes. Right, I'm going to have – I'm, I'm excited just because it's something very unique. I'm going to bring my my granddaughter to do it. Don't uh, – Oh, that's well, awesome. Well, she can do it, but if you do it, don't bounce it, okay? I, 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 I'm not those type of guys. They want to pitch. I just throw first pitch ceremony. I know what it's like now. I don't want to strike out anybody there. Don't do it like 50 Cent did it, Ozzy. Hit the catch. You, know, you, you know what? I'm going to do it with the, la- the way the lady did. Hit the, the photographer guy right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> that would fit. That would fit. Ozzy, you're the greatest. Thanks for taking right, time, thank buddy. Thank you, guys. Take care, bud. <coughs> Ozzy Gian. <laughs>
There's now, only one like him. Now I'll be looking tomorrow to see Ozzy turn right to the photographer and just haul off and throw one right at the photographer, or at least just to fake it before he makes that first pitch. So in our next segment, Matt, we're going to talk about south side, north side, what directions these teams are going. Do the fan bases care what the other side of town is doing? I suspect they do, but I uh, understand the question. We will discuss. That's coming up next. It is Inside the Clubhouse on 670. The score, he's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. Keep it right here. We are live at Shy Sox Bar and Grill. So much good stuff to come. A.J. Przinsky, Ron Coomer, and when Joe Madden speaks, we'll turn that audio around quickly and play you the important stuff. Keep it here on 670. The score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.